I'm Sinitria Gardner. Welcome to Minutes That Matter Christmas Special, The Nativity Scene, Part 1, Mary. Today's scripture comes from Luke 1.28. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. As we approach Christmas Day, let us have a time of reflection on the scene surrounding our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's birth. I will be respectful of your time, but please excuse me if our time varies this week to cover the details surrounding each person and the specific circumstances of who they were, where they were, and why God may have chosen them to play a part at Christ's birth. I would like to paint a picture for you each day, and pictures are better when they're detailed. Let's use our imagination to the best of our ability to get to know each and every person in the nativity scene. They are important to this story because they were hand-chosen by God to be present as he entered the world. Too often, we think of glass-made figurines or wooden cutouts when someone says nativity scene. This is more than a cutout and more than a story. It's a tale of God's goodness and manifested glory. Today, we will see who our Savior's mother was. Over 2,000 years ago, a young woman who was believed to be between the age of 15 to 16 from the town of Nazareth named Mary was visited by an angel named Gabriel. Gabriel told the Jewish woman that she would have a son named Jesus who would be God's son. At this time, Mary was engaged to her soon-to-be husband Joseph and was still a virgin. Let's stop here and picture Mary as a peasant girl would have been described in her time. Women of her nationality and time had dark hair that was parted in the middle and oiled. Mary's stature could have been even less than five feet tall with callous brown hands that were used to working. Sugar was not known yet and sweeteners such as honey were reserved for those well off. She may have never had the chance to taste it and her teeth would most likely have been in good shape. Gold earrings and nose rings were a part of a woman's dowry and were worn to display that she came from an established family. Homespun wool of lighter or heavier weight was chosen for the season and would have made up Mary's wardrobe. Mary may have had embroidery on the front of her dress and the woven belt that she wore around her waist. She most likely wore leather ankle boots in the winter and sandals in the summer and kept her toenails cut with a sharp knife. She spoke Aramaic, and she was raised in a community where history was passed down in stories, prayers, and poems, so it was not necessary for a woman to know how to read. There were about 400 people living in Nazareth when Mary was there, so keeping the secret of pregnancy was nearly impossible. Everyone knew everyone's business. The rags that were to be washed and hung for Mary after her time of bleeding were missing. This caused Mary to have her name besmirched as she was labeled as a fallen woman. How it must have felt to lose close friends and family because they didn't understand the plan that God had for her life. To make things more complicated, Mary traveled approximately 90 miles while pregnant before giving birth as they were required in her husband's hometown for a census. Can you imagine laboring on a donkey where you're trying to stay on and not fall off and you're at the term of your pregnancy? Picture having feet that are swollen 
aching hips and a twitching back. The picture that we see of beautiful nurseries today full of items to welcome your sweet baby were not to be found. Mary didn't even have the necessities and the manger that is depicted in every nativity scene paints too nice of a picture as mangers at that time were made from clay that was mixed with straw or stone held together by mud and sometimes even carved in the natural outcroppings of rock. What was Mary thinking? I wonder if she felt bad that all she had was a rock to lie her child upon. Imagine the faith and obedience of a mother who swaddled her baby but humbled herself enough to lay him on something as hard as stone. With only warmth being given by the animals that she was surrounded with, Mary had oxen, donkeys, horses, and sheep that give sounds that provide no rest and smells that provide no reprieve. And yet I still imagine that what we know of Mary means that despite all the circumstances, Mary still had peace because she understood that her God was in control. It makes you wonder if God thought of doing anything differently. But we know that he doesn't make mistakes. God is a very methodical God, arranging all things before they're known and having all things perfected and to be revealed at his chosen time. Because she was of the right lineage, she was from Nazareth, and she was engaged to a man whose lineage meant he would have to go to Bethlehem, this allowed the prophecy of the location of the Savior's birth to come to pass. Mary was favored and chosen by God for a purpose. Although we don't know all of the reasons that Jesus chose her, we know that Mary was a virgin, humble, a young woman of good character, obedient, and morally pure. I don't know about you, but watching what Mary endured in obedience makes me realize that I need to examine the things I think are hard in life. Just as Mary did, we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice. I thank you that you've woken us all up today. We are so thankful and grateful for life today, and we don't take it for granted that we were just able to be alive to hear from you this day. Thank you for the example that you've given us all as we view Mary and her character. We pray that all of us, men and women alike, can learn to be humble and obedient when you speak. We desire to be pure and pleasing to you. Help us to examine ourselves and to know when we need to submit and to change so that you can use miracles through us as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.